What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look at what you taught me. All right, and we are back for another edition of the Starting 502 podcast, officially a post-Thanksgiving Day podcast as it changes the 12 a.m. on the nose as we begin recording this. My name is Presley Meyer. Alongside me, I have my co-host, Nick Connor. Welcome back, Nick. We're so glad to have you, and we're so glad to have you all, the loyal listeners, on enjoying some post-game comments after our 72-58 to victory over Mississippi State in a game in which most of us had zero confidence in Louisville winning this game. And what did they do? They just came out, punched Mississippi State right in the mouth, right in the nads, whatever the whatever phrasing you want to use, and took over the game, took advantage of it, got out to a 28-point lead, uh, everything that you'd wanted to see and more. Um, Nick Connor, how are we doing? How are you feeling? Dude, I am feeling absolutely freaking fantastic. In the words of suspended coach Chris Mack, happy Thanksgiving, Cardination. Feeling fired up. You know, the intensity has been lacking in the four games previous. We saw it in flashes in the exhibitions. And this team from the tip tonight maybe took some ill-advised shots coming out. Um, guys shoot, guys who have no business shooting the deep shots, shooting them. But from the gun, getting up and down the floor, making a very – key goal to be on the boards, especially against a team like this who has out-rebounded teams like crazy who has two bigs that can really get on the glass. Just the commitment to the style tonight was very evident. And by golly, we played the pack line defense tonight, and if that is not exciting, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of positives that you can take away from this game. From the first couple of segments of the game, 
Louisville had an eight to 10 to 12 point lead and just kept building and building and building on that. And it's, it felt like Mississippi state kind of like as much as Louisville was feeding off of, of each teammate was feeding off of, of one of each, each one another's energy. It, Mississippi state was the complete opposite. They were kind of feeding off their team's energy. It felt like Louisville came and treated this. They're treating this like a business trip. They're treating this like, you know, this is an opportunity to notch a, a really quality win is an opportunity to to come in and, and kind of change the narrative of, of the early season. Uh, Mississippi State, on the other hand, has kind of handled every opponent so far, and it seemed like they were still in vacation mode, like they're in the Bahamas, and it, it, that's honestly what it felt like. Like it felt like they were just they just did not come prepared from the jump, and Louisville jumped down their throats. Uh, what to you? What was the the main difference uh, from this Louisville team? Like, was there something? Was there was there one or two things that just really stood out uh, that were just completely uh, different? In, in this game that kind of turned the narrative of, of what we thought about this team on its head? Yeah, I mean, the the defense, I think you have to start with the defense. Like I said, the pack line, there was a real commitment to not switch ball screens tonight. That was very clear from the bench. We went back to the tapping of the head, which that simple motion, as we've learned in the past, is simply we're not switching ball screens. So that's just we're playing straight man. No one is switching. We're going over the top of the ball screen. We're going with a guy when he makes a cut. Like we are not leaving our man. And what happens in those scenarios is you don't get in an, an issue where you get a big on a small, where you don't get a Garrison Brooks on a Noah Locke or a Jared West. You don't get an easy mismatch. Teams like Mississippi State, teams like North Carolina, where Garrison Brooks come came from, thrive on that. They they run a lot of high ball screen action, a lot of cutting, trying to get you to switch that, and then they go right into the paint and, and take advantage of that. So one, that was a big, that was a big defensive strategic change that I saw tonight. And two, quite honestly, we ran a lot of offensive sets tonight that we just flat out haven't run. And I don't know if that was a kind of keeping them in the bag and we've had them ready to go and just not really pulled them out for the specific teams we've played yet. Or if that was like a, Hey, a focus for against this Mississippi state defense, but very clearly ran a lot of two man, three man stuff. That was deliberate action that we have not run this year. Talked at halftime on Twitter about getting Sam Williams in the ball several times in the first half. We ran sets that were designed to get him touches in the paint, designed to get him the ball at the free throw line or right below it and let him go to work. As we all know, his handles are really clean. He really likes a couple spin moves, couple pivots, and he got so many good looks that way. So I, I think the big thing for me was there was a clear intentionality on defense and on offense. We saw on defense, we were not letting anybody in the lane. We weren't switching ball screens. We weren't hedging and letting a guy slide underneath. And on offense, we were very clear about getting the ball moving side to side and getting way, way, way more paint touches than what we have so far this season. And by doing that, what we did is we got a player like Sam Williamson, who's good 15 feet and in on fire in the first half. And then we let him go to work. And that that's really exciting to see because at times this year so far, and again, small sample size, we got to keep that in mind. But we've not really seen a whole lot of connected basketball on the offensive side of the floor. We've seen a lot of Noah Locke figuring it out late in the shot clock, Jared West making one decision, but not a whole lot of connected possessions. We saw that tonight. We saw a team who knew what they were doing. I felt like the bench was way more into the game than what we've seen recently as well. I felt like Ross McMaines was a, a more vocal presence on the bench from what we could tell. I know people with um, with the volume up louder on their TV were talking about on Twitter how 
vocal this team was tonight. I mean, just those things that are Chris Mack things, to be completely honest, are Chris Mack staples that we hadn't been doing or just not at an elite level. We're back tonight. And those are the things that, you know, you can say maybe it was the first real good team we've played. This is an NCAA tournament team, especially when they get fully healthy. Maybe that gets you up for it. Maybe it's, you know, as you said, the trip, the business trip, whatever it is, Mike Piggy's challenged these guys. Jared West challenged these guys. Something happened this week because this team came out with intentionality. This team came out with intensity. And, man, did they look like a different team on both sides of the floor. Yeah, and in addition to everything that you've just said, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you said, but it just seems like Louisville was just the aggressor. Like, they just came out and they just punched them in the mouth. It seemed like they were the, the aggressor on the boards. Uh, they had 15 offensive rebounds tonight, 22 second chance points. That's the difference in the game right there. That's right. 22 second chance points to six for Mississippi State. I mean, there were many areas where Mississippi State simply was just better than Louisville tonight. And it doesn't seem like that because of the because of the margin. But I mean, they outscored Louisville by point in points in the paint by six. Uh, outscored Louisville on the fast break, 18 to two. Six blocks for Mississippi State to zero for Louisville, nine to five in steals. Uh, and they almost had as many assists as Louisville did, even though Louisville made six more baskets. Uh, Mississippi State was one for 15 from three-point range. They, although they did shoot way better from the line, they had less turnovers. Mississippi State was, they won a lot of, a lot of different statistical categories. It just seemed like Louisville was just, just gave a lot more effort. They won a lot more 50-50 balls. Uh, they were in the right place at the right time more often than not. Uh, Samuel Williamson, uh, Dre Davis. Malik Williams, just to name a few, were, were ex- extremely aggressive on both sides of the floor. Uh, seems like Mason Faulkner, you know, we talked about Faulkner a lot after the last game. It, it seems like Mason Faulkner kind of got the message and, and was definitely more of an aggressor, more of a leader, uh, more of the player that we've been expecting him to be. I guess my question for you would just be, did you notice that difference as well? Do you think, like, what, what do you think is the next step going forward? Like, do you think, do you think that, you know, this is, is simply an effort thing. Do you think it was more Louisville or do you think it was it was kind of a little bit of Mississippi State as well? Or do you think Louisville just kind of like kind of took away their will? I know that was, that was kind of a lot of questions in one, but essentially, you know, was it was this more a Louisville thing or is this a Mississippi State thing? I think it was about 80-20 Louisville. Um, the intensity from the jump was clear. Louisville w- knew what they wanted to do and got after it. I mean, this was a, this is a Mississippi State team that's, that plays features four transfers from higher, from quite frankly, better basketball programs and dudes that have experience. And they brought back one of the leading scorers in the sec. So this was, this is a Mississippi state team that can score. They just flat out didn't tonight. Um, Louisville did not let them in the paint. Um, When, when you talk about efficiency offensively, Ross McMaines has talked about, you know, I don't care if we turn the ball over 15 times, which they did tonight, as long as our efficiency or, our amount of possessions, you know, works out. So, so Louisville scored a point of possession tonight, which that number, if you look at a team like Gonzaga is more about, is more like 1.2 close to 1.3. That's really humming. Like that's really efficient basketball. And so that's a, that's an encouraging sign for Louisville. And so I think what you saw tonight was one, the intensity. And I think they did hit Mississippi state in the mouth to be quite honest with you. And as some noted right off the tip, Louisville wasn't playing great basketball in the first couple of segments. They were just getting every single loose ball. And we took a lot of ill-advised threes early in the game, but we were getting everything on the glass. And we were getting every box out. And guys were on the floor and guys were running up and down. And what I thought that you saw tonight for the first time is 
when we did our line changes, if you will, when we brought in three or four guys, there wasn't a disconnect in energy and there wasn't a disconnect in running the offense and a disconnect in blocking out and getting rebounds in the basics. When we brought in new guys tonight, we just kept right on going. The pace just kept being pushed. Um, anytime we had an advantage, we took advantage of it. I mean, I can think of several times where on a box out, um, one of their guards or one of their bigs would be on the floor and just the, the passion of pushing the ball up and down the, I mean, the bench jumping up and down, like let's get up and down the floor. Let's take advantage any chance that we get. And again, was it sloppy? Yes. Is this a game that we play this exact game against Duke that we probably still get run by double digits? Absolutely. Teams like that, that have more talent and more diligence in the half court and those things too. But again, the encouraging signs are there. And I think that's the big thing, right? Did we shoot well from three tonight? Not really. We shot seven of 22. That's not a very efficient night. Only shot 41% from the floor. I mean, if you, if you're looking at, you know, if you're just trying to find one stat a night where I didn't show you any of the game and said, okay, did Louisville win the game with these stats? I mean, if you just shown, shown me these shooting percentages, I would have said we would have lost tonight. But again, that shows you, obviously we were doing other things that don't show up in the stat sheet. We were getting to loose balls. We were on the glass. We were doing things in transition. We were doing things when they were the right time, right time to do them. And so I think big picture here is the intensity, right? We've talked a lot about hitting shots. When you get good shots, there were a lot more good quality shots in the paint tonight. This shot chart looks a lot better than it has recently. And also, I think this is one of those where you clip it and you say, okay, let's just watch this film of us playing consecutive possession of consecutive possessions of defense. Like the amount of kills tonight, obviously that's not a stat that shows up in the stat broadcast or anything like that. But the amount of multiple consecutive possessions where we did not let a ball handler get in the lane, where we didn't get blown by on a straight line drive. That's what's really encouraging. That's where you say, okay, if we can play this kind of defense, if we hold teams like this to under 60, we will win most nights, right? That's the thing, right? If we're counting on Louisville score 80 every night, we're going to lose a lot of games this year, to be quite frank. But if we can hold teams to under 60, under 65, then we've got something cooking here. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that you have to look at, too, this is Mississippi State's first game really at full strength this season. I know Rocket Watts is kind of coming back from, I think, a hip injury of some sort. Mm-hmm. But um, you look at Tolu Smith, hadn't played a game this season. This, yeah, first there. start. Yeah. Um, got, got, got the starting nod, was four for five from the field. Uh, and, and they're really strong in the front court. And that was a huge takeaway um, for me is, is just that it seemed like Louisville just completely just took away everything that Mississippi State brought as far as the strength. Like uh, Iverson Molinar, clearly, you know, one of the better guards in the SEC. Like he got his uh, and it seemed like he got the better of, you know, Noah Locke wasn't always on him, but it seems like he and Noah Locke have had many games against each other in the SEC. And that it would just essentially he won that battle. Uh, and he was definitely, you know, one of the five best players on the court tonight, uh, undoubtedly. But overall, it seemed like Louisville kind of just counteracted um, whatever Mississippi State brought uh, to the table. Um, additionally, I felt like the substitutions, it just felt like, especially early on, it just felt like everything just flowed naturally. It felt like they waited a little bit longer to, to put in the kind of quote unquote second string. And when they did, Samuel Williamson came in. He was doing this thing. Um, it, it just really, it, it just felt more natural tonight. And I, to, to, I kind of go over this a little bit as well in, in my player comments. 
I'll just kind of discuss that as quickly as possible here. Um, so Malik Williams, I love that he's learning to adjust to his expectations. He kind of seems like he's playing more within his capabilities within his Absolutely. current game. It seemed mm-hmm. like he kind of came in to start the season and he was trying to play like Malik Williams uh, of 2017. And that's just not the player that he is anymore. He's just physically not capable of being that player anymore. Uh, felt like he just played more within his game tonight, which is awesome to see. Jalen Withers kind of took the lead from lead from Malik as well, as far as just playing with it, within himself. Uh, he showed flashes of why he's the best player on this team. Uh, he had he had a lot of really solid offensive possessions tonight, and he didn't do too much. Like he didn't, you know, try to, you know, there, there's I think there's one possession where he took probably an ill-advised three. Um, but outside of that, it seemed like he played within the offense. He seemed like he was more active on defense. Uh, Dre Davis, uh, after being invisible for the first few games, uh, last two games, he's been anything but invisible. Uh, he, this is the player Louisville that, that Louisville needs. This is a player that they expect when they start him. Jared West, he's easily the best post-Patino era defender. At this point, uh, it, it's hard for me to to think of anybody that, that's better than him since, I don't know, like the, the Russ Smith, Terry Rose. Quan Four. Maybe Quan Four. I don't know. I, we just have to bring up Quan Four every podcast. But, no, I mean, his energy, his effort, uh, it's, it's literally added years to my life. While Malik Williams is kind of like the veteran leader in the sense that he leads with his words, he leads with, you know, his body language, he leads with by, you know, just giving the best example verbally. Seems like Jared West is, is the leader on the floor, you know, physically and with his play. Uh, Noah Locke, like I said earlier, he, he wasn't really in this game like, like he has been other games, and that's great. Louisville just blew out a team, and its leading score just was not – he was just not himself tonight whether that be because of Irish and Molinar, whether that be because of any other reasons, but he just was not the player that we've become accustomed to the first four games, which is fine. Uh, Mason Faulkner, his, his confidence is unreal. I like the, the confidence that, that Faulkner's playing with. I like that we saw him with L. Ellis a little bit tonight. It seems like he steps in every shot with confidence. Like he, It seems like he just knows he, when he's going to make a shot. He knows when he's making the right play, the right pass. It, he just seems like he just knows that what he's doing is the right decision which is awesome. Matt Cross seems like he's still kind of working his way back from the fingers slash illness slash kind of just being out of the rotation just a little bit. I just want to see him be a little bit more aggressive. Seems like he was the most aggressive player on, on the team the first two or three games. I don't know if it's foul trouble. I don't know if it's uh, his illness or injuries or anything like that, but I want to see that Matt Cross return. Uh, Samuel Williamson, is he's just an absolute stud when he knows that he can get to the basket. So when you get Samuel Williamson going downhill on offense, uh, there's there's not many better players in the country as far as in the mid-range going downhill and trying to predict, predict what he's doing and trying to stop him. Like, he, he is unbelievable in the, in the mid-range. Still love, love watching his game. It, it changes the entire complexity of the game when he's on from the mid-range, which is most games. So I just want to, con- I want to see him continue to be the aggressor. Uh, like Faulkner and West, he seems like he's just super confident and determined right now, uh, which is awesome. L. Ellis is still getting used to his, the up and down. Pl- I, I'm still getting used to the up and down play of L. Ellis, but um, he's continued to impress with three or four plays a game where you're just like, wow, he's clearly head and shoulders the most athletic player on this team. And then uh, Roosevelt Wheeler and Sidney Curry, I put them together. They, they provided a much needed balance in the middle. They are exactly what you need behind Malik Williams right now. You, you never would have known that, that Mississippi State has such a strong, experienced front, front court because of their play tonight. 
which, you know, that's not going to show up in the box score as much, uh, but they were just really solid. I love that Sidney Curry is just like such a physical specimen and he has like one dunk on the season. Like there were like three occasions tonight where I was like, dude, freaking flush that. And he just like laid it in just like super casually. So uh, yeah, player comments. That's essentially what I saw on the floor tonight. Player by player, not crazy impressive. Like I think there's still plenty of room to improve, but that's awesome. When you get a, when you get a win where you're up by 28, 30 points and you kind of run away with it and kind of like limp to a 14 point win, against a Power 5 team who will probably be be ranked this season at some point, probably will have a chance to win the SEC. Uh, that's uh, you, you can't ask for much more than that. So, Absolutely. Let's do two segments real quick. Rapid fire. First of all, who got those minutes? Noah Locke, 25 minutes. But Malik, but Samuel Williamson leads the way with 26. That's That would be one of the first games that I would be interested to see that Noah Locke's not the leading guy. Jared West with 27, so all right there, 26, 27, 25. No guy over 27 minutes. You love to see that. Again, the question becomes, does the rotation get tighter? Yes, it will. It has to. It has to get tighter against elite teams. I think we'll see that maybe even on Saturday against Maryland, but we'll get there. Um, other guys that stood out, Sydney played seven minutes, which obviously is a big increase on zero minutes from the other day. Uh, 17 for Dre Davis and a very efficient 17 minutes, 12.7 boards all over the place, filling up the stat sheet. 15 minutes for L. Ellis. Rose got another 10 minutes tonight. Again, it is hard-pressed, but we have to point out no minutes for J.J. Trainer again tonight, um, as some fans were noting on Twitter, and as obviously we've talked about for Prez, starting to wonder if if there's a spot for J.J. on this team. Personally, and with other conversations, feel that, that Mac is very high on J.J., and specifically next year, as you look into the depth chart, J.J. would probably would have a key role, but Starting to wonder if, if there's a spot for J.J. Obviously not going to start any rumors or anything like that, but just need to point that out. Um, on to brighter spot. Ken Palm update, Prez. The cards are up from 49 to 44 after this hey. win. So five five spot jump. The defense is all the way up to 30th. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane to me. I, know, I believe they were in the low 40s going into this game. So again, a performance like this uh, really impacts what these can com- these computers and these statistic statistical models think about you moving forward. But again, the cards looking at 44 overall 82nd adjusted efficiency on offense 30th in defense. That is, that is, that is a clear improvement. So you, you like to see that tempo continuing to go up again, that is adjusting from what the algorithm thought they were based off of last year without Ross McMain. So that's still going up. As we look forward toward Maryland, um, that game has been added to Ken Palm now that we're officially playing them. Louisville now projected to be one-point dogs, one-point underdogs against Maryland. 70 to 69 is what it projects, a 48% chance of winning that game on Saturday. But again, as you look forward, this is one of those games where you say, okay, as you said, this is a quality opponent. I think that this Mississippi State team is a tournament team in a deep SEC this year that may get six, seven, eight bids, maybe nine bids in especially if a league like the ACC is down, to be quite frank. Mississippi State going to be ranked at some point. I agree with all of that. So I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be at worst a quad two win. Again, this is a neutral floor game. So that affects the net rankings and all that too. But it, it's it's one that you're going to look back and say, I'm glad we got that one, especially in the non-conference. And the, the good thing here is even if you split, right, and you lose to Maryland, you got the chance to play Maryland. You got the chance to play another team who's going to be in the tournament, another team who's going to be in the rankings, another team, who's going to look good on your resume. So that that's that there's two good pros there for Louisville. Um, as you look forward again, 
just again, all this is com- computer stuff, but it, it's important. It, it has a place. The com- uh, you know the the selection committee for the NCAA tournament looks at it. Like so, all these things are important. Louisville's now projected to win two more games on the season. So all these things are showing me this may have been a flash in the pan, you know, with a small sample size, but this was the best we've seen Louisville play. I mean, hands down. Best opponent they've played, absolutely. Best performance, absolutely, right? And so this is where you start to say, okay, can we get this effort every single night? If we can get this effort every single night, I mean, this team can be a second weekend in the tournament team. This team can be a team that really pushes everyone in the ACC, maybe, you know, minus a Duke or somebody like that. This team can really play with a lot of teams. Do we see the intensity every night? That's the question. I think, are we a team that that develops a defensive identity, right? We've talked a lot in the offseason. We've talked a lot in the early season about Ross McMains and the assistant changes and the offensive changes scheme-wise. Can we maybe be a team that falls in love with the defensive identity, lets that feed into the offense, and really lets that become the kind of team that, that we want to be day in and day out? Absolutely. As far as just going back to just cover, cover my bases on everything you just said, uh, JJ trainer, I think, you know, I, I kind of touched on this, even going back to the scrimmages and in the preseason podcast, it felt like it's just felt like JJ trainer is going to be the guy that you want to get minutes that just does not fit in this roster. And that's, that's more of just the roster construct than what he brings to the table. I think that he's going to be a productive player. I'm really just hoping cross my fingers that, that he is ultimately a guy that pans out for this program. I like what JJ bring, brings to the table, but I just don't think that he's a good fit uh, in, in this lineup. There could also be other stuff going on. You know, the fact that Louisville got up by 28 points and you still didn't see JJ trainer. I don't know if that's just, they want to see other players more. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure, but I mean, maybe this is a red shirt season or maybe, I don't know. There could be a lot of things going on that we don't know about behind the scenes far as the intensity and the effort. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. And and I've said this, you know, kind of from the beginning, this is a team, they're not just going to come out and just when you're trying to play with a quick pace with a up-tempo offense, like obviously like tonight was a perfect example. Like Mississippi state's a team that's going to run with you. Uh, Maryland, maybe not as much tomorrow or on Saturday, uh, but, but the following game against Michigan state absolutely is a team that's going to want to run with you. Uh, that they're going to want to push the tempo, that they're going to want to kind of play in a, at a helter-skelter pace. Uh, and, and Louisville has to learn how to be the type of team that if, if they want to do that, that they have to be efficient. Uh, they have to they have to know where their, their teammates are going to be, and we have to learn uh, as, as a fan base that they are still in a growing process, that this is still a, a work in progress. And, and ultimately, when, when I look at this team, like you said, Nick, it all starts with the defense. You have to you have to look at this team, uh, hopefully becoming a top twenty, top ten uh, ty- type of defensive team. As far as going forward, um, I'm really excited just to look back at the stretch, you know, in, in February and March, um, at, at on the heels of an ACC season. You absolutely should be proud of looking back at the fact that you're going to end up playing SEC, Big Ten, Big Ten. Big e- or ACC than Big East, um, and and all of the teams that you're playing will probably be at the top half of their respective Power Five conferences, or Power Six, I guess in this case. Uh, that that's that's a a huge thing to be proud of when you're looking back at it, at the non-conference uh, in, in a world in the college basketball landscape uh, where that is extremely uncommon. Um, so Louisville, you know, now goes into a game against Maryland. 
um, where, you know, I'm going to have to go back and look at some of the tape tonight. Uh, obviously, Thanksgiving and everything. Didn't get to catch much of Maryland. Uh, Richmond just saw, you know, the kind of comeback and, and ultimately putting Richmond away towards the end. They, they definitely have some talent on that roster. Um, so that, that'll be that'll be something interesting to watch. Before we get out of here, I do think we have a couple of quick fan questions. Is there anything that stands out to you as far as uh, what, what the fans want to know and what we can answer for them? We talked a lot about lineups. Matty wanted to find out more about lineups, passing, defense. I think we hit everything there. Sounds like Jacob had the over, three points shy of that. Rip. Uh, Not Jay Lane. Sorry, Jacob. Jacob tries back. Rip to Jacob. Sorry about your poor Thanksgiving night. Hopefully you had the Cowboys to not cover. Uh, when will JJ announce he's transferring? I think we, uh, <laughs> we talked about that. Uh, Trevor Lithgow says, is this the team we expected all off season?" Getting there. I, yeah, I think we're I, we're getting there. Um, I didn't see Rose contributing literally anything. Um, yeah. I didn't think he'd get any minutes, even in mop of duty. So that that's been a big surprise to me. Um, our guy Alan Thomas asking about how we see the bigs minutes going forward. Speaking of Rose, um, Rose is a guy I'd love to see play 10 minutes in the ACC. I don't know if that's realistic in year one for him, you know, year one of actually playing. Um, as he continues to try to put more weight on and, and develop his his frame and all that. And obviously he, he's got a lot, lot, lot of potential. I think he's an NBA guy moving forward, but he's got a lot that he needs to work on as well. I think the big thing for for us tonight, as you said, Malik going into what he needs, like understanding his role. Malik not trying to be a jump shooter from 24 feet out. We saw a few of those today. If it's in rhythm, if it's in the possession, when it makes sense, if it's late shot clock, sure, take that shot. But understanding, like, we need to get in the paint. We need to dominate underneath. We need to get rebounds. Um, same thing for Jalen Withers, right? We still saw it tonight. I'm not sure when um, when it will get through his head. I, I, I can guarantee you next week when Chris Mack is in that room, it will get in his head. But Jalen Withers needs to get his butt in the paint, and he needs to play with his back to the basket. And we had a lot of fadeaways tonight, a lot of just ill-advised jump shots. Not that he can't do that, but that's not what we need him to do. Um, so I think you'll, you'll see a lot of Withers and Williams moving forward, obviously. Like what I saw from Stid, I think he'll get some good time, especially against teams like this that just have bigger guys who can rebound. Um, but I think I think Rose is definitely the, the bright, shining star there. As far as the bigs, I'm, I like everything that you said. I think that if you're going to see anything happen this season, I think that Malik Williams' minutes will dwindle, and I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily he's a guy that like, I really don't want to see him play more than 18 to 20 minutes based on what I'm seeing. And it's not because his play is poor. I mean, he had, he had eight points and 10 rebounds tonight, uh, relatively efficient, but there's just some stuff he can't do. For instance, they were running plays for, for Williams where uh, there's kind of a, a back cut where he, essentially he gets the ball moving towards the basket. And when somebody walls him up uh, instead of trying to uh, make a, a quick step around the defender, or get into the, the body of the defender or anything like that, uh, he'll back it out and take a contested shot or try to reset the offense. Uh, we saw that he made that adjustment after halftime, and there was one play where they actually ran that, that same play, the back screen to him, and he ultimately was able to pivot, get around the defender, and score, which is exa exactly what the play is designed to be. Um, but it's stuff like that where he's not – I don't know if, if, if he's trying to work his way back or if he's just not going to be able to ever get back to that point. Uh, but that's stuff that that you can that I can definitely envision Sidney Curry and Roosevelt Wheeler doing. And then, you know, something that we haven't talked about enough, Gabe Witznitzer is, is very close to being back, very close to being back. 
and he absolutely will be a factor uh, in, in some way down low, whether that be just five or six minutes a game or more. Um, so I think that he brings a lot to both sides of the floor. Um, I, I, I would like to see in, in an ideal world, Malik Williams playing 20 to 22 productive minutes. Uh, I don't want to see any more of him playing 30 plus minutes a game. He absolutely provides valuable leadership. He's absolutely still uh, a great contributor on this team, but there are other good players down low and he provides more for this team in 20 minutes than he does in 30. Uh, so that's, that's ultimately what I want to see with the bigs. Yeah, absolutely. So moving forward, cards got Maryland on Saturday in the Bahamar Bahamas championship mouth. Yeah. Absolute mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, the 10 a.m. tip Prez. I don't know. We've talked at length on this on Twitter. I don't know what's going on with the scheduling. CBS Sports Network gets the very, very shaft of, of, of times, to be quite honest with you. But 10 a.m. sharp for the cards on Saturday against the Maryland team. It looks like they're going to be on the, on the edge of the NCAA tournament. Um, they're kind of projected on the bubble as well as, quite frankly, Louisville is right now in the computer rankings and things like that. Interested to see if the cards can bring it on a day's rest. Interested to see if that intensity is the same. Um, interested to see if we can keep the pedal down for 40 minutes. Excited to see what Mike Pekis has in store. To be honest, he he outcoached a multiple Final Four coach in Ben Hallen tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 took him to the woodshed. Let's just be completely honest here. Mm-hmm. And at, just the intensity from Mike Pegues tonight. I mean, multiple times, just like the way he was grabbing a guy, getting him in the game, the way he was telling Sydney, you know, if you don't front Garrison Brooks, you're coming right back out the bench. I mean, the way he went and ran out and checked on L. Ellis when he got that that uh, flagrant two, which was not a flagrant two, which should have been a flagrant one. But that's a whole other story. I mean, this game had a little bit of everything, but I thought we got to really see the real Mike Pegues tonight. I felt like even in the interviews, we got to see kind of between some of the, the live shots that we got to see some more of his soft side. I really felt like he's starting to come into his own, which works because we're getting Coach Mack back next week. But all that to say, bright, bright signs. Everything that we wanted to see was much better tonight. Things that were our weaknesses were the best things that we did tonight. So moving forward, 14-point win over a, a potential tournament team, Mississippi State. All signs are pointing t- towards go. Um, let's beat Maryland and let's keep it rolling. That's right, baby. It's fat season. Fats Russell cannot wait to uh, uh, to see the potential matchups and the potential jokes on Saturday morning. Spike that coffee. Let's enjoy this Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, let's send that UK Uville rivalry game day. Let's get it get it off to the right right on the right foot and get tailgating started by watching a, a solid basketball game. Uh, other than that, we will see you after the game on Saturday. Go Cards. Beat Maryland.